Have you ever had that moment hand stitching a binding where you're pulling the thread through at the last second, the thread twists, gets tangled, and boom, you have a solid knot preventing you from finishing the stitch? Well, today's guest has a solution that will condition your thread and make your hand stitching smooth and easy. Welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Hello and welcome to the Quilter on Fire podcast, where I explore the stories of teachers, speakers, artists, and everyday quilters to share their tips, tricks, adventures, and day-to-day life that will bring you more joy and less overwhelm in the quilting studio. I'm your host, Brandy Maslowski, also known as the Quilter on Fire, and I can't wait to share with you this week's episode. So, here we go. Today's interview is a quilt business story you're going to love. Jen McMillan is the owner of So Fine Thread Gloss. She created a niche product in quilting that every single hand stitcher on earth would love. It conditions your thread for hand stitching and makes the process smooth and simple. And she added the little twist of wonderful fragrance to each tiny pot of So Fine Thread Gloss. And on top of it all, she's a very talented quilter. Today, we'll dive into how all of this came about and I can't wait to share her story. Jen McMillan, welcome to the show. Hi, Brandy. It's so nice to have you here. I love this product so much, and I'm so excited to have you on the show. So let's start at the beginning. How does your quilting story start? My quilting story starts by being a child making forts underneath her grandma's quilt frame, like (laughs) probably a lot of us. I've always had quilts in my life, whether they were made by my grandmother or great-grandmother. And they were both very influential as well as my mom and my aunt and a lot of women in my family. My dad also sews, but they were all very influential in my experience with fabrics and quilting. And so I've always sewed. And about 12 years ago, I really got into quilting and that has been my go-to ever since. Oh, that's so nice. And what kind of quilting do you gravitate to the most? What style? I wouldn't say I'm a traditional quilter. I would say I'm definitely on the modern scale. I love bright colors, bold shapes, and I definitely stay away from the traditional aesthetic. So what type of quilting do you like to do most? I'm guessing it might have something to do with hand quilting. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely hand quilting, uh, hand sewing. I am an avid needle turn applicator. And that is my go-to. I love being able to manipulate little shapes and manipulate the fabric. And hand stitching for me is very meditative. And so I will always have either needle turn applique or hand stitching binding. I'll always have some sort of handwork close to close to me. Yeah, that's so nice. I love to have something on a little TV tray by my television so I can watch TV and stitch away. So where do you live in the world? I live just outside of Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. Okay, awesome. So now you created this product we're going to talk about today because you saw a niche in the market opening up. So tell us the beginning of your story about thread gloss. The beginning starts long ago, similar to my quilting journey, rummaging through my grandma's sewing kits and always coming upon these disgusting little 
chunks of wax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> threads in them and lint in them. And and I was always like, what the heck is this for? And so finally I asked her, like, Grant, what do you use this for? And she told me that she used it to strengthen her thread and condition her thread when she was doing hand sewing. So that has always been in my mind. I've always used beeswax. And then a few years ago I started making the scented version for myself. It started with ruby grapefruit. That was my very first fragrance. And from there, I had talked to a couple of local quilters here in the Ottawa area, members of the Ottawa Modern Quilt Guild. And when Thread Heaven announced that they were closing down, I had asked a few of them, you know, do you think this is a viable business? Do you think people would go for this? Would they use it? So I definitely had support from my local quilty friends. And I just went from there. Oh, that's so cool. So did you sort of make it, did you have a full-time day job and you had to like make a transition to starting a business or how did that work? So, uh, so fine thread gloss is a part-time and I am a full-time graphic designer as well on top of this. (laughs) Well, and you can see that in your business, your website and your graphics are absolutely gorgeous and your Instagram feed is to die for. Love it. Love it. So beautiful. So you made the transition sort of, you're still doing both obviously, but you started this business. So what was your problem that you had to fix? Like what gave you the idea that you needed this product in your hands when you're hand stitching? I've always used beeswax to condition my threads. And so having something that was portable, that wasn't going to get all linty and gross in the bottom of your sewing kit, having it in a nice little tin makes it portable. You can bring it on the road. You don't have to worry about it getting overly dirty or the dog getting into it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a product. Beeswax in general is beneficial for your thread. It helps to tame the little wisps of lint. It helps to kind of coax the the fibers of the thread down so that it slides through your fabric a lot easier. And the main aspect was just to have almost like an aromatherapy Mm -hmm. aspect to it, where the aromatherapy aspect of it gives it a very nice touch. And it allows you to have a relaxing experience while while you're hand sewing. Yeah, I love that part. I have two scents right now and then one sort of original unscented version, but I love Satsuma. That's my favorite one. And I know you can't give away your trade secrets, but in general, so what is the thread gloss made of? And tell us a little bit about the research you did with the essential oils and things like that. Yeah, so I use a local beeswax. I buy all of my beeswax from a local apiary. So I know that it hasn't been chemically processed. It hasn't been filtered so many times that it loses its color or anything has been added to it to make it white. So it is definitely a very pure beeswax. I also use a phthalate-free fragrance oil. So it's bath and body safe even though you're not you know, slathering it on or using it as lip balm. Yeah. I wanted to make sure that the fragrance oil that I used was going to be safe for my hands, for other people's hands, as well as safe on the threads and on the fabrics that are obviously in our quilts. So I did a lot of research on the fragrance oil specifically. And then I also always just had a bad feeling about putting essential oils into it to use that as a fragrance. I'm a big essential oil user anyways, but 
I know how they act and I know that they can go bad. And so I worked with a local textile curator and got some really good information from her about how essential oils age and what they do. She had a lot of information for me about how essential oils actually can polymerize and break down your thread over time and break down the fibers and fabrics over time. So that inkling of staying away from essential oils turned out to be one that I was smart to follow. So I always make sure that I I let people know that I would never use essential oils in the products and that the the fragrance oil is actually water soluble. So if you wash your quilts, if there's any type of that residue, be it very minute left over in your quilts, it will get washed away. So none of that will ever affect your textiles. Yeah, that's so great. So let's give her a little shout out by mentioning her name. And tell us about the blog post you did about that. Where can we find that? Yeah, so Liz Thrasher is the name of the textile historian that I spoke to. She actually works here in Ottawa at the Diefenbunker. And the blog post that we collaborated on is on my website, sofine.ca. Yeah, it's such a good read. So you really got to go check that out. So when you first created the project, did you go through kind of a test process and you made some batches for yourself and samples? How did that, how did you launch the project? So I actually started off by using these old silicone ice cube molds that I just had kicking around in my kitchen (laughs) that we never used. And I just, I made them just in a chunk, like my grandma had it. So I played around with combinations of the fragrance and the, the actual recipe of what I was putting in it and came to one that kept the the nice consistency of the beeswax, but also made sure that it wasn't flaky. And then as well, that the scent wasn't overpowering because I didn't want it to be, you know, like when you get a really gross candle and it's just so much that it makes your nose hurt. And (laughs) I didn't, I I wanted to stay away from that. So I definitely perfected my recipe before I even officially started the business. Yeah. And I love the tiny little tubs you use and your graphic design makes them so beautiful that you could actually just have a collection of them on the shelf. (laughs) Uh, But I love also that it seems a bit softer. It doesn't go hard and crumbly like the the beeswax chunks do, right? And so you have them in this cute little tin and they're really soft. So I love that part of it. So are they sold in stores like all over Canada or where do you sell them? So I sell them myself online at sofine.ca, but then I also do have quite a few local quilt shops who stock it all over Canada, the United States, Australia, and the UK. Oh, that's so exciting. And we're going to talk a little bit later about some of your collaborations, but how have you featured your product? Have you been in magazines or do you go to trade shows? So I have been in a few magazines. My first magazine feature was in Love Patchwork and Quilting. And I had worked with them in the past. And when I launched the product, I reached out to them and they were happy to put a feature in their magazine for me. Oh, that's so exciting. That's a big magazine. Mm-hmm. Did, did it kind of translate it to a few sales after that? Like so It did. Yeah. Thankfully, I'm set up on a Shopify system. So I was able to kind of capture those international sales. Oh, cool. Uh, but it was it was fantastic. And I was also featured in American Quilt Retailer, which was fantastic because that allowed me to get into the hands of a lot of these shops. And then I also had a feature with Craft Industry Alliance, who I'm a member with. And that has helped tremendously as well because they have a really, 
a really wide reach and a really great following. Yes, I love Craft Industry Alliance. They have some great masterminds and things going on. So that would be great. They have such good reach too. So it's nice to be featured there. So have you had any memorable trade shows? I think you mentioned something before about Quilt Canada. Yeah. So I normally sponsor a product. I sponsor the Hand Sewing Lounge with QuiltCon. And I've done that for a few years. I just had a virtual booth with them this past February for their virtual show, which was fantastic. Quilt Canada is an interesting, <laughs> an interesting experience. The show that was in Ottawa, I wanted to have a booth, but I was a little bit late to the game. So they suggested that I reach out to some vendors and see if I could share some booth space, but everybody already had their plans set in stone. And I really wanted to have something small. I really wanted to do a really little small pop-up like some of the other big craft shows that are around that allow, you know, new businesses or new artists to have a really small kind of footprint. Yeah. Also having tiny little tins, I can't fit all that into a 10 by 10, or I could fit it into a 10 by 10 booth, but it would be pretty empty. So I was really trying, I was really hoping that I could work with them to figure out something small that I could do, but unfortunately they were not able to accommodate. Mm -hmm. So instead I made myself a mini quilt logo. I threw a whole bunch of samples in my backpack and my fanny pack. And I announced on social media that I was going to be walking the floor on a certain day. And I handed out samples and I handed out business cards. And I had a few people, you know, yell at me from across the hall, (laughs) get my attention. Hey, Amanda Brown. (laughs) And it was it was great. It turned out fantastic. I met some quilty friends from, you know, different provinces that I'd never met before. And it turned out to be a really great day, even though I wasn't able to officially sell as a vendor. I mean, yeah, what a great idea. That's like <laughs> guerrilla marketing. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about the goal of your business. So what's the whole point behind creating a product like this? The goal for me is to help make people's hand sewing a more enjoyable experience. There will always be snags and there will always be tangles, but it definitely helps to have something like beeswax, like a thread conditioner to just help make it a little bit easier as well. Because I find hand sewing very meditative, I like having that aromatherapy aspect to it. It just makes everything more relaxing and it just allows me to enjoy my hand sewing experience. And hopefully it does the same for everybody else. Yeah, it does the same for me. Like, oh, I am so excited about spending time in the evening with my husband in front of the TV, and I just sit down, pull the quilt over me that I'm doing the binding on, and then the smell, it's just like, yes, this is my happy place. <laughs> so I really have been enjoying it. I've only been using it for, you know, less than a month, actually, but I just love it. So I'm so happy to have you on the show. So, what are some of the issues people have with thread that this thread gloss can help with? Thread gloss can be used on any type of thread. A few of them that work really well is metallic. When you have a thread that has, you know, a metallic strand running through it, those tend to unravel really easily. And so that helps to keep that metallic thread in check. As well, if you're using a more inexpensive type of thread that is very linty, that has a lot of the fibers that aren't, you know, nice and smooth that some of the bigger brands are, that definitely helps to tame those guys down. 
I find as well when I'm doing big stitch quilting that using a pearl cotton, it definitely helps to allow that thread to pass through the fabric easily. And you can definitely use this thread gloss on any weight of thread that you want on silk, on polyester, on cotton. It works for all of them and it definitely benefits any type of thread that you're going to use. Yeah, I have a whole collection of Eleganza by Wonderfill, and I haven't even tried the thread gloss on that mm. yet. So I can't wait to try that. There's a tip for using it on pearl cotton. The thicker the thread, the lighter you want to go with the thread gloss because Eleganza and any of the pearl cottons have a very open twist, bigger threads, they can actually pick up more of the wax. So you want to actually go lighter when you're applying it than if it was a thinner thread. If you're using a 50 or an 80 weight, then I would definitely, you know, do a couple passes with it. But for the thicker threads that have more of an open twist, definitely go lighter. Yeah. And so describe how you do it with your thumb or your finger. It's a little different than just running it through a chunk of beeswax, right? It's in a little tub. So what's the process for putting the thread through the gloss? I know a lot of people that will do this before they thread the needle. I always thread my needle, just that's out of habit. When you have your thread ready, you hold the tin in one hand, you place the thread over top of the open tin and then using your thumb, apply a little bit of pressure and then pull the thread out. So that I consider that one pass. So the weight or the pressure, the amount of pressure that you use with your thumb will determine how much thread gloss is getting onto your thread. So when I mentioned doing one light pass with pearl cotton, it definitely would be very light pressure from your thumb when you're passing the thread over top of the tin. Yeah, sounds good. I can't wait to try that. Now, Jen, is there any way that we can care for our little tins of thread gloss? Yeah, one thing that you want to remember is when you're using a lot of cotton thread, same as when you're sewing on your machine with cotton thread, is that you get lint off of it. So you may find after using one tin for a really long time that you get a bit of a hard kind of layer on top and it might look a little bit dirty depending on the different colors of threads that you've been using. The easiest way to clean that lint buildup off is just to use either your fingernail or a butter knife and just kind of scratch that top layer off, toss it. You can play with it for a little bit if you want, <laughs> toss it away. And then the underside will be nice and fresh again. Okay, perfect. And is there any storage tips? Like do we, we don't have to keep them in a cool place. We can just keep them in the drawer, right? Yeah. Keep them in the drawer in your sewing machine or in your, your sewing kit. One thing is just to beware if you are sewing while on a road trip, don't leave it on your dashboard for too long and then try and open it because that may cause a mess. Uh, yeah. That could been there. Be melty. I guess it would <laughs> solidify again, but if you open it, that could be a mess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, great. So 2020 has been a strange year for everyone. So how has your business shifted through this pandemic? My business has shifted in the sense that a lot more shops have come online as wholesalists. I've had a lot of new shops getting in touch with me to stock the product because they are seeing an expanse in, in their online sales. And so business has been great. Business has been great in the sense that you know more people are, are sewing and more people have the downtime to sit and stitch and relax and they're doing these things to keep themselves sane. So business has yeah. been great in the sense of my own sales, but I definitely wanted to make sure that I was supporting the shops 
yeah. who are stalking SoFine Thread Gloss because they're the ones that need the help. Yeah, it's so great because at the beginning of the pandemic, we were all nervous because you see quilt shops closing down anyways. And so we thought, oh, you know, they're going to close during the pandemic. But it's been so delightful to see quilt shops and quilting businesses like yours flourish during the pandemic because everyone's staying home. So Mm -hmm. that's just awesome. So how do you balance kids, family, business and everything? Do you actually have time to quilt for yourself? (laughs) Occasionally. I definitely schedule my thread gloss production into my day. I don't make it every single day, but there will be one or two evenings a week that I spend a few hours in my little studio space down in my basement (laughs) and make thread gloss and pack orders and ship them out. So I definitely find scheduling my time helps. I've got two young kids who are in school and I work a full-time job. So scheduling is my friend. <laughs> yeah. And is your daytime business of graphic design, do you get to do that at home right now or is it always at home? I'm doing it at home right now. So normally my my office is about an hour commute from where I live. So this has given me a lot more time back in my day. I enjoy working from home because I can now put my kids on the bus in the morning and I'm here. I'm not an hour away in case something happens if we need to come home for some reason. So I'm definitely fingers crossed hoping that I can keep this going whenever things go back to normal, whenever that is. (laughs) Yeah, that's an extra two hours in your day. That's great. So if you're listening today, you'll find the website, sofine.ca, and there's a huge selection of Sofine Thread Gloss on that website. So Jen, tell us how many different varieties you have. I currently have 21 cents. And then I always do a holiday collection towards the end of the year. Yes, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. How do you come up with the scents? I definitely start by choosing scents that I enjoy myself. I don't normally get ones that I'm not attracted to. and It's just (laughs) selfish, but I try and have a good variety of different fragrances that would appeal to a, a large audience. Do you get a lot of requests for special stuff? Like, has anybody asked you, can you do bacon? (laughs) (laughs) I actually, last April Fools, I put out a taco and rib thread gloss scent and had a few people disappointed that it wasn't going to really happen. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) I do get, I occasionally do get scent requests for different fragrances. Oh, that's fun. And do you sort of have a core collection and then you do scents, like special scents on the side? So my 21 that I have right now, I added one newer one at the end of last year, uh, Pink Macaroon. That is my newest. And then it depends on how the scents are doing in terms of if some are selling really well, if some aren't, if they're just not selling and I've got a a full stock of them and they're just not going anywhere, then I'll, I'll reassess and I retired five of them actually last year in 2020. One of them was because I couldn't get the fragrance oil anymore from the supplier. And that was, I'm assuming because of COVID and the other ones just weren't as popular as some of the others. So I reassessed and retired. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. And so you do a holiday collection every year. So tell us about some of the ones you've done in the past. And then after the break, we might have a little announcement we'll talk about. So what are some of the holiday collections you've had in the past? 
I have had a few holiday collections and they would range anywhere from four fragrances to eight fragrances. And they always have a fall, winter, Christmassy holiday feel to them. So what are some of the names of the Christmas or holiday scents you've had in the past? The ones that are more fall themed are Cinnamon Bun, Grandma's Ki- or Grand's Kitchen. I named yeah. it after my gran. Pumpkin Delight. And then we have more of the traditional holiday ones, mistletoe, sugared plum, lots of good, warm holiday feeling scents. Yeah, they smell so good. You just want to eat them, right? (laughs) Okay, so we're going to take a quick break right now for our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some exciting news with a new collection and some collaborations you've done in the past. So don't go away. Northcott Fabrics are famous to quilters for their Stonehenge and O Canada collections. Right here on this podcast, we give away fabric from Northcott Collections, Banyan Batiks, and Figo Fabrics. Look for all of these at your local quilt shop. Northcott, cottons that feel like silk. And now here's a word from our clothing sponsor. Sass Boutique is dressing me in style for the podcast trailers. Today, I'm wearing my brand new quilting apron she fitted and printed just for me. Sue Lopatecki designs and prints these aprons, which are perfect for the quilting room. I can hang it on the door, throw it on over anything, and then take it off later. If I leave the house to run an errand, my clothes are not covered in little bits of thread. If you're listening right now and you can't see me, head on over to the Quilter on Fire YouTube channel to watch the trailer so you can check out what I'm wearing each week. This apron is one of my favorites as it has whimsical California quails drinking wine. And you can pick up the phone and ask about their selection of aprons in all different colors and designs. Just call 250-494-1677 with locations in Summerland and Penticton. Sass Boutique carries beautiful, comfortable, classy clothing. Okay, so I'm so excited to talk about all of these great collaborations that you're doing. So you have some famous celebrities, you call them, using this product. So how did the first collaboration come about? The first collaboration was with Carolyn Friedlander. I've always been a massive fan of her work. I love her style and I love her fabric designs. And she actually posted on her blog about... Thread Heaven going out of business, and she wasn't sure what she was going to use when they stopped producing it. So I reached out to her and offered to send her some just as a sample because obviously, if Carolyn Friedlander is <laughs> using my thread gloss, then oh my God. Yeah. So great. I sent them to her, and about four or five months later, I got an email from her asking if I wanted to collaborate on some custom scents that she could sell herself. And like, my mind was blown and I was so excited and getting that email was just fantastic, obviously. So I launched that collection with her. That was three cents. We've done quite a few actually since then. And I've also done collections with Libs Elliott, who's Ontario homegirl. Yeah. (laughs) She's fantastic. And as well as Karen Lewis in the UK and Blair Stalker. Oh, that's so wonderful. And so they sell them on their websites, right? You don't sell those ones in quilt shops anywhere. They have to go to them directly to get them, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's so great. What a great way to connect your business with, you know, especially other countries. That's awesome. 
Okay. So, and who comes up with all of your gorgeous packaging? And I guess I know the answer to this question, but who comes up with all your gorgeous packaging and design and photos? Do you do everything yourself? I do the majority of it myself. I have collaborated with a few photographers in the past and I'm actually just getting some new photos taken fairly soon. I want to make sure that I'm having a a good diverse showing on my website. So getting some hand models and I'm going to be getting some new product shots fairly soon that I'll be outsourcing for. But the majority of my day-to-day photos, I do myself. The graphic design, I do myself as well, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Everything that you post online is gorgeous. So I love that. And you're doing something different with your holiday collection this year. I'm so excited that you're announcing it here on the podcast. So what are you doing leading up to Christmas this year? So on top of the regular collection that I'm going to be launching for this holiday, I am doing two exclusive Christmas or holiday gift packs. So the first one will contain two tins of thread gloss and a pack of sashiko needles and a ball of wonderful eleganza as a big stitch quilting gift. And then I'm doing an English paper piecing gift as well, which will include two tins of thread gloss, some really nice bohin milliner needles, which I use all the time for my English paper piecing and my needle turn applique, and then a spool of wonderful Alfina. Oh, that so those awesome. are, I'm really, really excited about these gift packs. Oh, those are going to be so popular. And I actually get phone calls from quilters of what are the tiny little fun things they can buy from me to give to their friends at Christmas. So these are going to be mm. perfect to, you know, give to a quilting friend at Christmas time. So you have to make sure you order well in advance. So you get them on time. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So now everyone knows I love to do the lightning round Robin. It's a series of rapid fire questions just for fun. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. What is your personal favorite scent that you've ever created? Ruby grapefruit. Okay. And who has been a creative inspiration in your life? My grandmother. Oh, that's so sweet. I can just imagine you crawling around as a little kid underneath a tent of your grandmother's quilting frame. That's so cool. What color do you choose most when quilting? I'm really drawn to turquoise, but I've just started on like a pink and orange collaboration, which is really exciting for me. So I think a lot of my quilts will be that color combination soon. (laughs) And as an avid hand stitcher, what is your favorite thread? I use Wonderful Athena for the majority of my needle turn applique. It's a 60 weight, so it's a little bit finer than your standard 50 weight. I also do use 50 weight, their confetti quite often, but Invisafil is another one that's really, really fantastic for hand sewing. Yeah, I love that stuff. Do you have any furry friends in the studio? I have a little dog. Her name is Luna. She's part pug, part bulldog, and she snores all the time. Oh, she sounds so (laughs) cute. And is there anything quilters would not necessarily know about you? One of the things actually is that I have vitiligo and I always make sure that I show my hands in my photos and on my website because it is an autoimmune disease that eats the melanin in your skin and it's not very well known. And so I always try and make sure that I'm showing myself. I'm not ashamed of it. So 
Yeah, that's so great. Okay, so the lightning round is over. Thank you so much for taking part in that. That was really fun. Thanks for enduring it. But there's one question I really love to ask everyone who's on my show, and that is, in your quilting studio, in your quilting world, what brings you the most joy? What brings me joy is being able to create what I want to create, being able to experiment and try new techniques and not be worried about how it's going to turn out. One experience that will always stick with me, about 12 years ago, I was selling at a craft sale. I had a hoop with some needle turn applique on it. And I was standing there behind my table. I was selling, you know, hand-sewn pouches and quilts and whatnot. And I was standing there with this hoop in my hand, sewing away. And this elderly woman walks up to me and says, what are you making? And I said, oh, I'm doing needle turn applique. And she gets this horrible scowl on her face and says, oh, well, you're brave. And I was so shocked as to why, why, why would she, why would she say that? You know, I'm sewing, I'm in my very early, early years and I'm, I'm doing this traditional handwork art and, and why would she be so negative? So I was just shocked. I couldn't, I had nothing to say to her (laughs) because I was just shocked, but that has always been something that has been in the back of my mind that, you know, I don't care what people say about what I'm doing. Yeah. I needle turn applique. That's awesome. You know, and I always make sure to encourage people to try the things that they want to try. And if they want to try a new technique or a new art or whatever, just go for it. You know, you're never going to know what you really enjoy and what fills your cup and brings you this much joy if, if you try, if you don't try it. So. Yeah, absolutely. So what were the words she actually said when she, before she walked away? You're brave. Wow. I mean, can you imagine putting that on someone? It's it's so it's so unfair, almost actually, because you're just you're just living your joy, and yeah. Uh, yeah, someone comes in and does something like that. So yeah, I love that. I love the fact that you could take that moment. It was a moment in time for you that just made you realize, yeah, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm going to just do what I love. So that's yeah. awesome. Okay, so we've mentioned your website. That's www.sofine.ca, and so is spelled S-E-W, where we can see everything you have to offer. But where's the best place for quilters to engage with you on social media? The best place is on Instagram, and my Instagram handle is at sofinethreadgloss. That is definitely where I post most of the day-to-day goings on. And sometimes it'll be very frequent and sometimes I'll go off the rails and I won't post for a week, but you know, that's life. (laughs) Well, I love it. Your Instagram feed is gorgeous and I try to make mine as beautiful. I I always am looking at other people's Instagram feeds going, oh, I have to try that. I have to use some more beautiful photography and things like that. So now I'm going to outline the contest giveaway. This week's giveaway is really special because Jen made it herself right from the thread gloss to the little gift. It's a small needle turn applique project bag and not one, but three cents of so fine thread gloss of the winner's choice. So you get to pick your favorites. That's so generous, Jen. Thank you so much for a custom giveaway. Oh, you're welcome. I hope whoever wins absolutely loves it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Now, Jen, as we wrap up today, what do you want quilters to take away most from our conversation? Just to enjoy the process of sewing. It's definitely a personal art and there are 
no quilt police here, at least with me, and just to enjoy it. It's your art. It's it's your creations, and yeah, just just enjoy. Oh, that's such a heartwarming message to end with. So thank you. And this So Fine Thread Gloss product is just a little something that makes stitching that much easier. So Jen, I loved hearing your story today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So that was my interview with Jen McMillan of So Fine Thread Gloss. When Jen sent me those tiny little tubs of thread gloss to try, I was so excited. I had a few old chunks of beeswax that were really worse for the wear. I've been using it ever since for my hand sewing projects, especially binding. I love to hand bind quilts while I watch TV or listen to TV and constantly rewind when I miss an important scene. I don't usually even mention products unless I love and use them myself. And this this is one thing I can stand behind. The very first time I ran my thread through the gloss, I actually tried it with a little longer thread than usual just to really test it out. And it, one of, it was like one of those, oh man, where have you been all my life? And my favorite scent is but so far, I mean, I'm going to try a lot of them, but my favorite scent right now is called Satsuma. So drop me an email or send me a note. If you try So Fine Thread Gloss, I'd love to know what you think. And I bet Jen would love to hear from you too. Now, are you loving this podcast? Take a moment right now to think of a friend who might love it too. I would be so thrilled if you would share this podcast or write a review on your podcast app. The kindest thing you can do to support a creator is to introduce them to your friends. Thank you for listening to the Quilter on Fire podcast. Until next time, dream big and have fun in the studio with the Quilter on Fire.